0: Welcome to Public Policy This Week, a well-rounded weekly discussion of policy issues that frame today's American experience. Good morning. It's Friday, July 29th, and you've joined us for Public Policy This Week here on KYMN Radio in beautiful downtown Northfield, Minnesota. Our show is dedicated to the honest, frank, and open discussion of public policy issues. To the greatest extent possible, we're going to stay away from the politics of an issue and instead concentrate on research, data-driven findings, and facts. For today's episode, your host will be myself, Rich Larson. I'm the news director here at KYMN Radio. And my co-host this week is Bruce Moreland. Some of you are familiar with Bruce. A frequent guest over the years on the uh, the Wayne Eddy affair, Bruce also co-hosted the KYMN Climate Show with Alan Anderson. He also writes a monthly column for the Fairboat Daily News and the Northfield News. Bruce is also very active in local planning, having served on the Northfield Climate Action Planning Advisory Board, two local planning commissions, and is currently serving on the Northfield Human Rights Commission.
1: Good morning, Bruce. Morning, Rich. Uh, thanks for the intro and the reminder that I better get going on my column. <laughs> uh, I'm getting behind the list there. Uh, our guest today is Glenn Caster, and I've known Glenn for quite some time. He's served on many capacities in the Bridgewater Township governance since 2006. He served two terms as a supervisor and then stepped away in 2012, but he was appointed back to the Board of Supervisors in 2018 and has since been reelected. So he's a longtime time server yeah. He also serves on the Northfield Area Fire and Rescue Service Board of Directors, where he is currently the treasurer and the chair of the Personnel Committee. Glenn has been a successful entrepreneur and is the former vice president of the Cyber Optics Corporation in Golden Valley, and he's a graduate of Swarthmore College in Pennsylvania and spent two years in the United States Army. So welcome, Glenn. Thank you, Bruce. It's good to be here. (laughs) So you... you
0: dipped your toe into politics for a while and then got out but then they they grabbed you and you got drafted basically back in is well, that what a- happened
2: no actually uh i did get i served two terms yep and then i changed the political venue from the township to the city oh so the reason for stepping away was to uh work full time on the Northfield Area Fire and Rescue right, Service. Right, right, right. The right, transition right. from sure. a city
0: to a joint powers right. organization. Which was no small feat.
2: No small feat, but it's it's
0: worked very well. Yeah, it has. And we're going to get into that okay. a little bit later. You have, you, have you, are, are you currently, you're not currently the chair of the board, but you have been the chair of, of, the, of the board. Yes. Right? So Is that right?
2: 2015, 2016, and 2017, I was the chair. Okay. All right. I get it.
0: Well, let's get into this a little bit, um, because speaking as somebody who's lived in Northfield for 20 years and then before that lived in the Twin Cities, um, most people, I think, who do not live in a township uh, do not understand its, its inner workings. In fact, the only time a lot of people can even think about township uh, policies is when their city is annexing land from a township. So, Glenn... The whole point of the show today is just to talk about the inner workings of, 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 of township governance and how it works. So can you please explain to us, what are the essential governance needs of a township? What are the responsibilities of a township to its citizens? And really, I mean, what are the most common challenges a township faces?
2: Well, sort of the, 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 nuts, the nuts and bolts are a, a township is governed by a board of supervisors. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically three, uh, Bridgewater has five supervisors. Okay, uh, that change was made about two years ago. Uh, the supervisors are elected in March for three-year terms. Uh, there's a town meeting in March. Okay, by state law, all townships meet on the same day. Right, they conduct their elections that day, and then that evening, uh, typically. Uh, township uh residents gather with the with the supervisors to make decisions to approve a budget right right. to to approve a levy right uh there can be other township policies that require uh the citizens to to vote yes or no right on uh so it's it's a very uh direct democratic process uh although you know so here's here's bridgewater with uh about 1,800 residents. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, a town meeting ha- is attended by somewhere 40 to 60 people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, I do, I, I, as I'm look, uh, thinking about this, maybe there's a question I should have asked just stepping back a little bit. How do we define a township? I mean, in my mind, a, a, a township is a region of a county that is not part of a municipality. Is that a pretty good definition?
2: They're not, they're not incorporated areas. Right. Okay. Uh, which means their boundaries are not fixed. They, oh. The boundaries can be changed by annexation. Right, right. And we're going to get into annexation yes. a little bit, too. Uh, townships were actually established. I mean, the boundaries of of the townships were actually established back in the 1850s in Rice County. Okay. Uh, late 1850s. Uh, so typically it's a six-mile by six-mile area. Okay. Uh, Bridgewater was six miles by seven miles, forty-two okay. square miles, all right. uh, and it's divided up into sections and so forth. <laughs> okay, all uh,
0: right, and each each section has a supervisor, or, no, or or is it just we need five people from the township to be on the board?
2: We we need people from the township to be on the board. Okay, all so right. each each section is one square mile. Okay. Okay, and uh, that's how roads were laid out and farms were laid out. Okay, all right, so forth.
1: What, 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 I'm going to jump in. One, yeah. of the, one of the things that I always, that when I first became a member of a township, and yeah. this is back in the day, um, I, I realized that, I'm going to mention that painting by Norman Rockwell of yeah. the farmer standing in the meeting ready to give a talk. Right. It's called The Freedom of Speech, and it is Democracy in Action, and when I first came to Township governance, I found that that was where democracy was working because everybody was involved. They set their own levy. The levy is saying we're going to raise a quarter of a million dollars for taxes this year, and everybody says okay, we agree. That's how much we're going to get, and so we have to all understand the budget. It is incumbent on us to come to that meeting, willing to understand the budget, and to vote yay or nay on it. Is that about right, Glenn?
0: Yes. Yeah. So if if I live in a township and I'm like most people concerned about my taxes. I can go to this meeting in March and I absolutely can stand up and as an American and as a uh, a member of the township ha- say my piece like you don't need we don't need a quarter of a million dollars. I don't want to pay a quarter of a million dollars. And if I come if I make a compelling speech and I get people to agree with me then that's how it's going to go and maybe people will vote one way or, but or you know, I mean this is what we're talking about here, right?
2: No, that's right.
0: Okay, you're right. I mean, that is is democracy. We were talking about this, I think, last week on the show. The United States of America is not a true democracy. Uh, The United States is is a republic. We elect people to go to our capitals and make decisions for us. And if we don't like the decisions they make, our recourse is to vote against those people the next time around. But what we're talking about here in a township is true um, people... Uh, people working uh together basically is what we're talking about.
2: It's it's much more direct in a township yeah. than, than it is in a city or a state. Yeah. Uh the the basic responsibilities, I mean life is also simpler in a township. Right. So the basic responsibilities of supervisors in a township see that the roads are maintained, okay? You know, so we've got some 30 33 miles of, of roads, uh, mostly gravel, some mm-hmm. blacktop. Mm-hmm. Those have to be kept in good condition. Yeah. Or you lose your job as a supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's where a, a good section of the budget goes.
0: Sure. Um, Hang on a second. I'm sorry. You've been one. listening to Public Policy This Week. I have no idea why that just <laughs> went off like that. that <laughs> I apologize. We're not, we're not trying to yeah. shoo you out of here, Glenn. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so maintaining the roads,
2: right? Maintaining the roads is a big issue. Uh, uh, dealing with, Dealing with flooding, weather, weather events, and so on. Those usually uh, are focused on the township uh, okay.
0: supervisors. All right. Uh, I mean, is that is that is, I mean, is that it? I, I know that there are
2: well in in Bridgewater. Bridgewater is the only township in Rice County that does its own planning and zoning. Okay. Uh, in Dakota County, every township does its own planning and zoning. Uh, but here, several years ago two thousand seven, we elected to take that on. Okay. So we're we're responsible for land use issues, mm-hmm. for uh, building
0: permits, okay, uh, and so forth. All right. All right. Which makes I mean it yeah. makes sense. What was it about? I mean, were you there when when you decided when Bridgewater decided to take on the planning and zoning? Yes. What was it about that that? Uh, that made you folks decide well we should do this
2: uh at at the time there was an ethanol plant proposed okay for the southwestern part of the township right many in the farming community objected to that because of its heavy water use Mm -hmm. but at that point planning and zoning was handled by the county so the township had little say i see so we were able to put on a moratorium for a year and in the course of that year, we took over planning and zoning
0: is that Is that a matter of going to court against the uh, the uh, the county and saying, no we, we need this to we need to hold this at bay for a while and then you just get to a, to to create your own planning and zoning commission or how, how does all that come it, together
2: it, it, it wasn't necessary to go to court okay so there, there is in state law a path for a township to take over for planning
0: and zoning okay okay. So that's, that's, that's what happened. All right. Okay. Well, then what, what is it? What are the, I mean, it sounds pretty easy, right? But what are the the challenges that, that townships have to deal with then?
2: Well, uh, uh, challenges, challenges in this area.
0: I mean, cities are challenges. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, this is this is where Bruce has a great line that I'm, I'm really not yeah. wanting to be used.
2: <laughs> Cities are challenges, and, and uh, in the past the county has been a challenge. I okay. mean those relations have mm-hmm. sure really improved tremendously. Uh, and then and then budgets. Sure. So when the so our our budget in a year is typically around six hundred thousand dollars. Our levy is about $360,000. Okay. We spend about 250000 on roads. Okay. Um, so along comes a storm. Three years of 2018, uh, we had our tornadoes come through. The night of a thousand tornadoes, yes. Yes. Yeah. The township spent $400,000 cleaning up. <sighs> wow. After that. Now, as it turns out, about uh, I don't know, eight months later, the state reimbursed a, a good portion, about seventy percent of that. Okay, uh, but we spent the money, not sure that it was going to be reimbursed. Right, but we had to to keep yeah. keep roads open. And, yeah, and people safe. Right,
0: that's what that's what they're looking to yeah. you for more than anything. All right, so okay, let's let's talk then about uh, your relationship with municipalities. um uh, you, where do Bridgewater Townships needs um, or goals align with Northfield and Dundas, and where do they maybe not align? Or maybe I should ask that question in reverse: Where do they not align, and then where do they align?
2: Well, it, before answering that, let's let's add one more jurisdiction, okay, to the mix, and that's okay. Rice County.
0: Oh, sure, of course, the county, of course. <clears throat>
2: okay, so the um, where things don't align <laughs> mm. uh, city cities can annex areas of townships, yeah, and annexation typically happens by a landowner petitioning the city to become part of the city, okay, so I'm a farmer I have uh 80 80 acres out here Mm -hmm. that sits right next to the city Mm -hmm. a developer has come to me and asked you know would you be willing to sell this so i can put up um, houses here or a business right uh i say i I, i'm interested you're giving me an awfully good price so i petition the city uh, to be annexed and the city council decides yes and uh so forth. If there's an annexation agreement in place, that takes care of the whole process. Okay. If there isn't an annexation agreement in place, it goes to a state administrative court, Okay. The Boundary Adjustment Authority. All right. Who, uh, the township has the right to uh, present an objection to the annexation in that case. Okay.
0: Does annexation have to be contiguous? It, like, it does, does that farmer have to be... Uh, abutted to, uh, say, the Northfield uh, border.
2: For all practical purposes, yes. I okay. mean, there there are odd situations in which
0: it doesn't have right. to be. Okay, but,
1: all right, yeah, all right. So, but yeah. by and large, right. We we spent a lot of time talking about ribbon annexation, where they were trying to decide whether they could annex some land and just have like a one foot strip just to make it legally connected, and we didn't yeah. do it.
0: Okay,
2: so yeah. all right, but but right now in Faribault. So here's the main city of Faribo. right? And uh, probably two miles north of their industrial area, there's mm-hmm. another little industrial area. Uh, Daikan is there, uh, mm-hmm. Metcon is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not. If you just look on a map, it's not contiguous to the city. But yeah. yeah, there's a, a a thin connection. But that's uh, a
0: that's that that's a part of the city of Faribo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. It can't be completely just contentious all the time though between bridgewater and and and, and northfield or, or Dundas. i mean i don't no. we don't want to we, i don't think we want to portray it that way no
2: but i mean we, we have so the school district is common oh sure uh to, to everybody uh, plenty of people who live in bridgewater work work in northfield mm-hmm. uh, we have uh four residential areas in bridgewater mm-hmm. um so there's, 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 a, there's a good deal of com, common interest. Not sure. I'd say in terms of development, uh, our interest is in having development take place, ideally in the cities. Okay. And that's one of the reasons we favor an annexation agreement. That's part of the motivation. Okay. From the township's point of view of making annexation predictable.
0: Right. and Simple you you city slickers put your big buildings up in your own place yeah. and leave leave our leave our fields alone is basically well i mean i i, I i'm a little a little tongue in cheek obviously but. yeah
2: yeah but it, but it is saying we we the township recognize you the city need additional land mm-hmm. for a business to move in here's here's an agreement that makes it simple to get that land okay
0: all right that makes sense
2: but well, we also have the same uh common interest with Rice County okay So, here's Rice County that is looking for tax base Mm -hmm. and school district funds by developing along Mm I-35. Okay. That's outside of both cities. Right. It's in the townships. Right. And the townships have a common interest with Rice County there in in seeing
1: that happen.
0: Sure. And that's actually something that's come up, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later.
1: Okay. Okay. I was going to ask, uh, what are the... I mean, we know about the, the township has a couple of housing sets in it, like uh, Oak Hills, where I live, and uh, Wendwood, and... Uh, I, yeah, the, tel- Telemark, Telemark Timberlane. Yeah. 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 These are all little housing clusters. What are the challenges of having housing clusters in the township that uh, city folk might not be aware of?
2: Well, there's, there's not really... Uh, much in the way of challenges. I mean, mm-hmm. they're asphalt roads. <laughs> they're expensive <laughs> to rebuild every 20 years. Mm-hmm. Very expensive. It uh, takes a little different equipment to take care of them. Um, it's mostly for the residents, so they're on septic systems. Septic systems wear out and need to be replaced and so forth. And right now, the way our township is organized, those septic systems are the responsibility of the resident. There are townships in which the township actually owns the septic systems oh, okay. and is responsible for Interesting. maintenance. And, Interesting. Right? Interesting. and in fact, uh, Credit River, just down the road from us mm-hmm. uh, t- toward Lakeville, uh, which in May of 2021 became a city. Okay. Uh, but prior to that, uh, they have uh, septic systems that are maintained for them by, by a company. And uh, multiple houses on one system and okay. so forth.
0: All right. It, it occurs me who plows the roads or do the roads get plowed in Bridgewater? <laughs> oh, the roads road absolutely yeah, get yeah. plowed. Who, who plows the roads?
2: If, if, you, if you want to uh, be a supervisor, you need to be ready for the call at six in the morning. My road hasn't been plowed. Oh,
0: dear. Okay. And you got to <laughs> get in your pickup and go get your. No, no, no. No. <laughs> so
2: in Bridgewater's case, we have an employee. Okay. Part-time employee Mike Groth, who uh, plows the roads. We own the equipment we okay. use, All right. uh, so we we do it. And typically, we have a second person who's either a backup or a helper, so we can get things done fairly quickly. Okay, but you know, again, that's one of the downsides, I guess, of being a resident in a township. Is uh, it is winter? You work up in the cities. You want your road plowed and. It takes some time to plow 30-some yeah. mi- miles of roads, and yeah. you're not first on the list. <laughs> right. <laughs> well,
0: that's just how it goes, though, yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, that's but that's, that's the trade-off. I mean, living in a township, you're, you're out in the country, and you've yes. got, you can have acreage, and you can have, you know, even if you're not farming, you can have a nice parcel of land, and mm-hmm. that means a lot to a lot of people. Folks, you're listening to uh, AM 1080 and FM 95.1 KYMN Radio in beautiful downtown Northfield, Minnesota. This is Public Policy This Week. Uh, We are your hosts, Rich Larson and Bruce Moreland. Today, we're discussing the intricacies of challenges and challenges of township governments with Glenn Caster. Bruce, I feel like I just cut you off there.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Um, So annexation agreements, we've kind of been talking about already, are a fundamental component of, of our relationship with the neighboring municipalities. Can, can you kind of explain, you've kind of explained about annexation fairly well uh, under the non-annexation agreement model. How does Bridgewater's annex? how do Bridgewater's annexation agreements modify that process? What do they do to it that makes it different?
2: So the sort of the nuts and bolts of an annexation agreement yeah. are we, the township, township government works with the city. Government uh, to define an area adjacent to the city mm-hmm. that is uh, available for annexation let's say over the next twenty years okay okay so we we define these areas and part of the key part of the agreement is that if the city needs or wants to annex one of those areas, meaning the landowner. Has petitioned the city to be annexed. That that has to be a part of this. The city can't just jump in and, and take something. So what what the township agrees to do is not challenge the annexation in front of the state's boundary authority. Okay. Okay. What that means for a developer is that life is predictable. Oh, okay. So as soon as he reaches an agreement with the landowner on purchasing the property, he knows for certain it can come into the city and that process is very short. I mean, we're talking a week to a month at the outside. <clears throat> Whereas if it's, if there's no annexation agreement, he may still in the end get the property, but it can be delayed by months mm-hmm. if the, if the, Township challenges it in front of the the boundary authority. Just, wow! Just because things in a court take months, right? Sometimes right. I,
1: I hope my developer friend heard that because <laughs> he was quite annoyed about annexation agreements, and I don't think he realized that it actually made his life easier. If, if
2: yeah, that's that, that that really is the objective from the city's point of view. That's that's uh, that's significant. Okay. Yeah. In, Go ahead. in
1: in the Bridgewater comprehensive plan that we were reviewing last night, I noticed that we kind of have an upper cap on how much land we think we're going to give up over the next 20 years. We actually have a number in that. Of course, it's still debatable. Mm-hmm. But that's an interesting uh, thing about the annexation agreements is they help fit into that comprehensive plan so that we can actually realize those limits. Is that what we, one of the things we use it for? So we won't have a city grabbing 1,000 acres kind of arbitrarily?
2: Well, um, it it does help there, but but you have to remember that cities can't grab arbitrarily. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. It takes the landowner petitioning the city to be annexed. Okay. Now what can? <gasps> okay. What can happen is is uh, the city staff can sort of work in cahoots with a couple of developers who then go to the landowners and say, you know, there's a potentially a good deal for you here and so forth. And the annexation happens that way.
0: You don't live in Northfield Township, but um, as I understand it, um, the city city of Northfield is looking to build a new drinking water treatment plant uh, on land that they would have to annex first from Northfield Township. So what, as what you're what you're saying then is is the way this works? City of Northfield has to approach the people who actually own the land first, and say, well, this is what we do, and and this this could be a good deal for you, and then that that landowner has to uh, uh, approach the Northfield Township board, and and then then the Northfield Township board talks to the City of Northfield. Is that how all that works? Not
2: not quite. Okay. So. The city would pick out the property. Yep. You know, it's own, It's owned by, you know, Joe
0: Schmidt. <laughs> okay, sure. There's a good Southern Minnesota name right there. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, right. So Joe Schmidt agrees to sell his land to the city. Okay. Then Joe Schmidt petitions the city council. Okay. To be annexed. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Not the town board. All right. Okay. So... If there's an annexation agreement in place, which there is at this point between Northfield and Northfield Township and the city, mm-hmm. uh, the annexation takes
0: place. So when you say a city can't grab arbitrarily, they can't, there is that negotiated area that they can, that they can work with, but they can't, if it's outside of that negotiated area, they can't just grab it. That's right. Okay, now I understand. Annexation's a tough thing for me. I don't know. And, just, yeah, it's a, and, it's, and,
2: and, and inside the area, they can't grab. So okay. the city can't arbitrarily say, we want this piece of property and go take it. There is a process. Yes. Okay. There's a process. And the landowner is, is, is an essential part of the process. Sure. The township council is not an essential part of the process. Okay. Okay. So, so the, yeah. the only way the township council is a part, is either there's an annexation agreement, right, which says we will stay out of it, essentially. Okay. Or there is no annexation agreement, and we have the right as a township board to file an objection with the state boundary authority.
0: Right. So there's no compensation between the city of Northfield and the township when that land gets annexed.
2: No, typically, typically, the annexation agreement includes provisions for compensation. Okay, okay. and there's sort of a uh, a state uh, informal minimum. Yeah. yeah, and you and you can agree on something different.
1: Right, right. The the annexation. R- remind me again. The annexation agreement with between Bridgewater and Dundas includes a provision for tax rebate from the annexed land for a certain period of time yeah
2: and also and also between uh, bridgewater and northfield the current agreement provides that okay so for several years after it's annexed we get our mill rate of the taxes of the developed area oh that that
1: must be pretty handy since i imagine they don't take a lot of roads when they do this so you still got the same 33 miles of roads to maintain but you've suddenly reduced your tax base a little bit
2: well, not not exactly. So here's uh, Dundas is a good example. Okay. So we have we have annexation agreements with both cities, Dundas mm-hmm. and, and Northfield. So as Dundas started to develop, you know, going back into the early two thousands, mm-hmm. we've got a large residential area in Bridgewater Heights. We've got Menards coming in, and so forth. And yeah. one of the results of that was very heavy traffic on Decker Avenue. Mm-hmm which is a gravel road that goes from Dundas out to uh, 19. A lot of people take it in the morning, and a lot of people take it in the evening. Uh, Typically, three to five hundred cars a day. A gravel road is healthy with a hundred cars a day. Okay, It gets unhealthy really quickly. (laughs) I mean, it it just is, is very difficult and very expensive to maintain. So... We, we probably spend uh, ten thousand to twelve thousand a mile to maintain Decker, whereas we spend probably six on a normal uh, gravel road in in the, in the uh, township. So those annexation payments that mm-hmm. come to us from Dundas are used for that. Uh,
0: okay. Okay, all right. It's uh, it, yeah. it I mean, it, <laughs> it's it, it it it's complicated. I mean, it it uh, <laughs> yeah. it 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 it's not just a, it's not just a matter of City north saying, hey, we need six acres, so we're just going to take six acres, and that's
1: gonna no, be that. not at all. Yeah. yeah. All right. So so what about are any of the cities kind of landlocked right now by landowners that don't want to be annexed? Do you know of any issues there?
2: Uh, well, I I'd, I'd say. I mean, an interesting case is is with Dundas. Mm-hmm. So they have some property on the west side of the city, which is in the city. Okay. It's owned by a farming family who's absolutely not interested in selling to a developer. Sure. Okay, so there's there's a challenge for the city. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you, you have. Quite quite a, quite a few acres that sit inside your city
0: limits. Right, and Dundas. I mean, Dundas is really they are interested in. You've got a city council and a a, a city manager that they're very interested in growth in yeah. Dundas. I mean, uh, they are yeah. oh, yeah. they've they've reestablished their uh, economic development authority and they're they're open for business yeah. in Dundas. So I would I would think something like that would be a real challenge to them. Mm. Yeah.
1: In terms of issues, again, at the boundary, uh, you said uh, roads are one issue. What about uh, surface water? Do we have? I know that there was a case recently where the surface water from a city development was problematic. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Well, the, yeah, both both those issues are are again reasons uh, where an annexation agreement can be beneficial. Okay. So road so when an area is annexed if there's a road on the boundary uh so, so here 115th street is mm-hmm. on the boundary between Dundas and Bridgewater sure so under state law that becomes what's called a town line road and there should be an agreement it's recommended that you have an agreement between the city and the township on maintenance maintenance mm-hmm. cost Who's actually going to run the road grader? Who's going to plow the snow? And you get half the you're, so you, forth.
0: You, you get you get the north side of the road. We get the south side of the road. That kind of a thing. Uh, I hope uh, not. Hope, <laughs> hopefully,
2: it's a little a little more uh, simpler than that, right? Uh, but it, but it also gets down to the fact uh, that event, eventually the road is going to be paved mm-hmm. because city people want first of all they don't want to be living on a gravel road, right? Uh, we have the same issue between Northfield Township and uh, northfield yes. Hall Avenue yes spring creek road yes, so city people don't want the dust and so forth uh Townships don't want the expense at seven and a half thousand dollars a mile of putting down dust control yeah and uh, uh yeah so so there's there's one issue that can be resolved in a, in an annexation agreement okay the other, the other is stormwater runoff so a, a city builds typically the impervious area increases the water goes somewhere right and if it happens to come through the township then then we've got another problem you know somebody's land is
0: is being negatively affected by right. this
2: right okay wow
0: okay so um Bruce, you got anything else on annexation? I, I could talk about this for a while. Though I, I'm <laughs> just I'm fascinated by how this works. But I, we we have to keep going here. Um, you're on the the Northfield Area Fire and Rescue Service Board. Yes, there's a coalition of seven townships, four of them in Rice County, three of them in Dakota County that make up the rural fire protection district, which is part of the joint powers agreement that created uh, NAFRS in 2020 or in 20. 14 2014 2014 in 2021 the minnesota legislature made it possible for fire and rescue services to create a taxing district um you're Glenn, you're, you're, you're the treasurer of the naffers board and uh, i've heard you say before um uh, probably sitting right in that chair that uh um the rural fire district district is especially interested in seeing uh, a taxing district created uh, when we talk about a taxing district first of all can we can i mean i can we define what, what are we talking about? We're saying creating a taxing district. I mean, we have to go fundamental stuff here.
2: So uh, a taxing district is an independent jurisdiction in the state. So we have, it has the authority to tax. Mm -hmm. Uh, In this case, it would be a single service thing. We provide fire and rescue services.
0: And that would show up on my property taxes. It would
2: show up on your property taxes. Okay. That's right. And, right. It, and it would have a board that manages it. Sure. Sure. So that's that's the basics of a of yeah. a taxing district. Right. Okay.
0: All right. And that's what, what NAFRS would like to go to as opposed to the joint powers? Or that's what we're there there's discussion about that.
2: Well there, there's discussion and what's prompted the discussion is is the the increase. In the NAFER's budget proposed for 2023, right? It's a 50 percent increase. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a hit. Yeah, uh, and in the, in the in the townships. So right now, the townships pay money into the rural fire protection district, and it pays NAFERs. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of money in the bank account to ask to act as a buffer. Okay, but if we push this budget out a couple years which is moving from roughly 800,000 to 1.2 million right that buffer disappears and we have to go back to the townships for considerably more money
1: so in
2: Bridgewater's case where we'd be looking at an increase from about 44,000 dollars a year that we pay right now Mm -hmm. to probably close to
0: double that wow okay and we were talking about this earlier township budgets and Paul Liebenstein was, was, was on the morning show with us yesterday and he was explaining that township budgets, um, are set in that meeting in March
2: uh, for the
0: next year. So a township budget is set nine months before it actually, that's right. Goes into place. So so now Nafers comes back to you and says, well, we have to double our budget. So what do you do?
2: <laughs> what do we do? We we encourage an to form a taxing district. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so there, there's there there's two reasons for this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one one is is if we stay as we are, mm-hmm. the budget doubles or increases by fifty percent. Accuracy is worth something in these conversations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
2: So. Um, that is part of the township levy. Mm-hmm. So so it's possible for township resident to stand up and say, look, you know, this makes no sense to me. We're increasing how much we pay by 50% more in the case of the townships, as it turns out, but service isn't changing at all.
0: Right. There aren't going to be 50% more fires, at least we hope not. Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: And, the, and the fire department's not going to be any faster getting out to your place mm-hmm. or whatever. So so I say no. I vote no. Sure. <laughs> so, it, so there's a political issue there. Yeah. So what happens if we become a taxing district mm-hmm. is that the tax goes directly to the individual in their property tax yes. statement. It does not flow through the township. Okay. As in the township levy. All right. And when you get right down to it, uh, even at its increased value, it's not tremendously expensive. I mean, if you have a quarter of a million dollar house in the rural area, you know, you're going to see a bill for, for probably 80, 80 bucks for right. the
0: fire district. For the, for the year, right. Yeah,
2: yeah, versus a couple of thousand for the county. I right. mean, you just, okay. Yeah. So so, so it th- changes it changes the political issue tremendously
1: right. a, a quick question for you uh with a taxing district would joe schmidt who sold that mm-hmm. property and moved in town so he could have all the town advantages would he see a line item on his taxes for the naffers
2: every resident
1: so at the resident in, in the level. fire district will yeah, okay which so, is
2: really interesting yeah yeah so if you live in northfield yes you would see a line on your property taxes, right? It's a special taxing district, just like the school district is.
0: Yeah, and my, my if my house is worth two hundred fifty thousand dollars, I'm going to get I'm going to get the same eighty dollar line item that Joe Schmidt gets in Bridgewater Township. Mm. No, actually, that's not the case. Though, maybe and maybe
2: not. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because
0: Northfield pays it. It's it set up. Northfield's got seventy percent of the budget. So How, yeah. yeah.
2: So this this is one of the issues in forming a taxing district that'll be the you know, we have to sort out. Mm-hmm. So we have in the law we have that was passed in 2021, we have two choices. Okay. We can either spread the tax out evenly across the district, mm-hmm. in which case you're right. I see. i live in Bridgewater and I get 80 bucks in my property tax statement. You live in Northfield, you'll see 80 bucks mm-hmm. on yours. Sure. S- same value house. Yeah. The alternative is to do what we do now which is we use a formula to allocate the cost among the city the two cities and the t- and the townships the rural fire district sure. sure with the logic that well most most of the calls and most of the work is in Northfield that's where most of the people are that's where most of the property is so they pay 72% right the rural pays about 20 22% right and Dundas has uh, Dundas, Dundas has 6% yeah. roughly okay. uh so in forming a taxing district, we, the law allows us to use that formula okay. to say, okay, 72% of the special levy goes to Northfield residents, 22% okay. goes to rural right. residents, right. in which case you're going to get a little bit bigger bill than I am. Sure, sure. Which is
1: given, I'm going to jump in here, given that we've been told in the past that the reason the fire department comes to my house out in the country is so that they can save the barn because they can never save the house. By the time they get there, the house is fully engulfed and all they're trying to do is save my work property, the barns and the equipment. That's a much different model than in the city where you expect them to save your house as well as the garage. Is that a reasonable – does that make it make more sense then to have the rural people pay a little bit less? Is
2: well, it, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons. I mean, and, and the reason that happens is just because it takes 15 minutes for the truck to get out to your place versus four or five minutes in the city. Right? Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, the service that can be delivered is, in a sense, uh, it's different. Right, right. <laughs> in, in the two areas.
0: That is the risk you assume, Yes, living in exactly. a township we know that yeah. that's right okay all right that's i hadn't i hadn't thought about that that that's that's interesting so okay so that's the benefit of a taxing district to to the the, the rural fire into the townships are there any drawbacks to go into a taxing district
2: uh no, no i th- i think I, I i frankly don't see drawbacks i mean it's a change in the type of governance Mm -hmm. so again you're going to reconstitute a board and some procedures and so on sure uh but uh, but i think the other thing we've seen with the joint powers agreement is by and large it's worked fairly well but it is clumsy Mm -hmm. it's a clumsy governing mechanism when you need to make changes in your basic documents Mm mm-hmm you know, in, yeah. the, in the agreement itself or in your bylaws. Right. Because each, each of the parties, each of the three parties... Has to approve. Has to approve. And if right. one doesn't, you're you're
0: sort of dead in the water. Right. And it's a matter of, like, not just approval, but, like, you have to go to the council. for The yeah. city council of Northfield, you have to go to the city council of Dundas, and they have to approve it. That's and, right. And that's also, not only is it, are you running the risk of not getting an approval, there's a time thing in there, too. I mean, it takes some time to get that through a council. Uh, I'd, I'd
2: say that... the it does take time. That's not typically the issue. It's really okay. approval or not. Okay. And we've, we've had situations where uh, it's been no. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and that, that, that goes to the politics of, yeah. of the whole thing, which we, we, we try we'll really hard away to, from. Not, not to talk about a decision. <laughs> yeah. But Man, there are so <laughs> many questions I want to ask about that.
1: Oh, man. Uh, well, let, let me just say you're listening to AM 1080 and FM 95.1, KYMN Radio. This is public policy this week with your hosts Rich and Bruce, and we're talking with Glenn Castor of the Bridgewater Township Board.
0: All right. now, this is the one issue I actually like. Feel like I have a little bit of of understanding of. Um, you you talked about the uh, the, uh, the Rice County Comprehensive Plan and and uh, the uh, the um, the plant that they wanted to. They, they were talking about putting. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, But the latest Rice County comprehensive plan uh, calls for uh, the development of unused land on either side of I-35 over the next 8 to 10 years. Now, Bridgewater and Forest Townships have signed a joint powers agreement to do just that. And in fact, um, there's a, as I understand this, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, there's a preliminary plan. For a distribution center that would develop about 470 acres of the area, um, and could create as many as 2,000 jobs uh, on that on, on some undeveloped land on that in that I-35 corridor, almost due west of, of Northfield, as I understand it, both the cities of Faribault and Northfield have objected strongly to the plan. Not only are they reluctant. To build the necessary sewer infrastructure uh, that would be necessary for the development, but there are also concerns that that development could drive up labor and housing costs. So, what's the status of that project, and and how did townships respond to the concerns of the municipalities?
2: Well, the the, pro- the project is a dead duck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So this this was alive months ago and it was brought uh brought in by a development group mm-hmm. who was working with the company that interested in the distribution center. Mm-hmm. And we got down to, to sort of the, the last cut in the regions they were looking at and b- because of a shortage of labor here, okay. They decided not not to put that here. So Sorry.
0: that's that's not going to happen. Okay. But that's why it's not going to happen because of the labor shortage. That's because, right. Okay.
2: That's right. So we we did present them with the plan to provide the infrastructure without connecting to the cities. Okay. And they were fine with that. Okay. That wasn't the reason for not locating there. All right. Mm. It's it's the acreage they were looking at was about two hundred and fifty acres. Okay. And there are. And it's right on the interstate. Mm-hmm. There's very, very few places where you can get that kind of acreage now. Okay, and that, yeah. and so it's 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 land that'll will be developed, you know, within the next decade easily.
0: Mm-hmm. But 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 sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, municipalities are are objecting to oh, yeah. some of that development.
2: So they're they're objecting to providing any municipal services outside the municipal boundaries. Hmm. So not just for that project, but for any development along there. And uh, that development area actually extends a little bit off I-35 into the southwest corner of Bridgewater. Okay. uh, Where we do have a company that is in the process of purchasing land right right now. Uh, So to take a step back. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) um from Millersburg Road County Road 1 North. Mm-hmm. That was rezoned years ago by the county to be commercial industrial, okay? And one of the, and nothing very little happened because there's no infrastructure right there. But several years ago there was a proposal to put in essentially a racetrack with condominiums. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. That yes. got a lot of people's attention. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> And the county was looking at it, saying, uh, "Well, this is tax base. This is this is what we need. Okay, let's do it." Mm-hmm. Uh, the townships, especially Forest Township, it mm-hmm. was in Forest, but it's right on the Bridgewater boundary. Uh, citizens in those two townships really objected. I mean, yeah, <laughs> effectively, yeah, okay. and not just loud, but uh, I would say they brought forth facts that. Maybe the developer had uh, sort of kept off to the side oh, a little bit. Okay. And for, for a variety of reasons, that proposal died. Yeah. But what it did was tell both townships, we need to be constructively engaged in development there right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And it also told that to the county commissioners because they're the ones who really got the blowback from the residents yeah the township residents so they were looking so what what ended up happening is uh we had before before putting the joint powers agreement together we had a meeting with the county uh county commissioner uh county administrator and so forth Mm -hmm. talking about what could happen and out there and there it became evident that the cities weren't interested in providing infrastructure. So we decided we could be a positive force here for working with the county. Okay. If if the we formed this joint powers agreement and said we will take care of getting infrastructure into that area, including the area south of Millersburg Road. So hopefully the county can build its Tax base. That's what this is about: is money for the school district and the county. Sure. Uh, that that proposed development that you talked about that's that is now dead. But, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that was that was about a sixty million dollar project. Okay. So that would have brought in about uh, five hundred thousand dollars to the county every year. Yeah. Three hundred and fifty thousand to the northfield school district every year mm-hmm. and one hundred and thirty thousand hundred and thirty thousand to the forest township every year so yeah. it's the the benefits are flowing to the county who's providing us the townships with police services and social service services right. and so forth so we we have a direct interest in seeing the county succeed of course here
0: yeah
2: what we've learned in the in, intervening time as we've had some uh, companies interested in this is the technology for cleaning water, wastewater yeah. has changed tremendously in the last several decades. One would hope. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there's a company in Minnesota that, that uh, works worldwide on this. Okay. So you pull in your, your wastewater treatment plant, which looks like a shipping container. Mm mm-hmm. Do you need one? Do you need two? You put it down. The dirty water goes in. The clean water comes out. <laughs> Interesting.
0: Yeah, that's it's it, it, that's amazing.
2: So there's there's issues with with where that water goes. Yeah, you know we can, but but in terms of cleaning the water, we don't
0: need the cities. Okay. All right. Well, that that that's that's big right there because yeah. that was a major right uh Im- impediment to what, to what you yeah. guys were looking at
2: and then so we've discovered that's not an impediment okay there are reasons it would be more convenient to connect to a city but sure. it's absolutely not necessary okay and then rice county has applied for a grant i think a four million dollar grant to put up a water tower mm-hmm. uh, that would also serve this this area okay. and we expect to hear about that uh this
1: fall
0: yet okay. that's interesting cool
1: um i I was going to ask you a a question kind of along the lines of development a lot of i mean remember the uh, motokazi development yes (laughs) (laughs) another one that motivated us
2: to get uh, more involved (laughs) (laughs) rather than wait to be
1: uh, (laughs) right i I, it occurred to me that a lot of these developments there's a real nimby factor because people buy land with a beautiful tree view or even a view of a cornfield and then one day the bulldozers show up and they're really surprised to find out that it's not always going to be that what are you doing
0: in my backyard yeah it's yeah. a nimby yeah that's in song. my backyard yeah. right.
1: can i characterize uh, in one of my c- columns for the paper the <laughs> reaction of the cities to this proposed development as being not in your backyard either <laughs> did they object to it you uh, know just because of the hookup costs, or was it also because they didn't want the townships having that much tax base in the township?
2: No. Uh, I mean, the hookup cost wouldn't be paid by them. Right. So the cost of running the pipes out there would be paid by the project and the townships and mm-hmm. the county. Um, I, th- I think the, the two cities, Faribault and Northfield, uh, t- it seems to me they have sort of an insular view of themselves, as a, as opposed to a regional view, a regional development view. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, I, I don't, I don't really know what, what mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mot- motivates them to say we're not interested in providing services outside. You raise a boundary.
1: It, you remind me of an interesting thing and I when I was active on the board I was really big on the intergovernmental group. Is that still active? Can you describe if it's still active, can you tell us what it does? And?
2: No, it's it's still active. So quarterly uh representatives from the two cities and the townships uh, surrounding townships uh meet to discuss issues that involve everybody's interest. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't think it gets down to the, this, this particular topic, it wouldn't come up there. It's, it's, more, uh, it's more, it's gentler. <laughs> gentler, yes. I, I remember <laughs> that discussion the would be.
1: I remember the meetings mostly being the various townships standing up and saying, we spent another 80000 on roads last week or last month, and then we had milk and cookies. <laughs> <laughs> It was very gentle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it would be a waste if I didn't bring up another issue, so I'm going to bring it up. Uh, Bridgewater happens to host two waste facilities, one ancient and buried deep in the past and one quite modern and still in use. Can you talk a little bit about how Bridgewater relates to our waste problems?
2: Yeah, so uh, the one from the past is is called the former Rice County Dump in Mm -hmm. the MPCA annals uh it it sits just off of uh, highway three just north of the gravel pits if you drive driving down toward Faribault. uh and and right now it's just a a field with trees and brush on it uh but that that is a dump that was closed in i think 1972 or 1974 roughly uh it is an mpca uh Super fun cleanup site. It is. They have monitoring wells in there. Every six months, they go uh, look at what what chemicals are percolating through.
0: <laughs> for, just for those listen, MPCa Minnesota Pollution Controls. Uh, uh, agency. Agency. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So, um, and and there's some some fairly nasty stuff dumped in there uh, from from the former uh, 3M. Facility that was here in town from uh, Shell before its mm-hmm. current owners mm-hmm. got were running it and, and uh, stuff, <laughs> just stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> crap, yeah. So uh, there is interest in cleaning that up. Uh, just recently, we've worked with Rice County to form an, a rural industrial zone in the township. It's along the railroad tracks down there, and it does include that former Rice County dump. Uh, the fact that it's become an industrial zone makes makes it available for funding from the Department of Employment and Economic Development's Brownfield Cleanup Fund. Oh, nice. So, and the, and the county is uh, working with us uh, to make that happen. That's going to take some years, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's our objective there. On the other front, uh, I, I guess you could say we are the host of the of the current Rice County landfill that sits in Bridgewater Township. Uh, the township, by state law, gets money from that, mm-hmm. so we get about uh, typically hundred and sixty, hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year, which is based on how much is is actually dumped in. We get so much per yard. Sure. And uh, 25% of that money goes into a fund that's for cleanup. So it just sits in the bank. That's probably close to $600,000 right now. And 75% goes to our general fund. Uh, Rice County operates it. The MPCA oversees it. We don't have any role in either, either one of those things. Uh, we can use some of that money to clean up the former Rice County dump. Right, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, so that, that that's where those two things sit. I think the last we heard the uh, the current landfill is projected to close maybe in the next twenty years or so. Right, but I'm sure. We're all looking for a way to extend that, since supposedly the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency is not going
0: to open up any more sites. And frankly, it sounds like it's good business for Bridgewater Township to host that uh, that landfill. Yeah, it 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 is.
1: it was actually interesting that that was a serendipitous discovery made by the people that were helping us when we started up our own planning and zoning. Oh, yeah? They, yeah, they came into a meeting, yeah. I think, one time and said, hey, did you guys know that you are supposed to be getting a check every month or <laughs> yeah. every year from Rice County? Yeah. No.
0: Yeah.
1: Well. Well, isn't that <laughs> special? <laughs> so, so can you real quick uh, elaborate a little bit what the difference is between a landfill and a dump?
2: <laughs> well... a a landfill is a managed operation Uh, i mean the mpca monitors it and what's happening and there's procedures for how how you line a cell and the line how you fill it up and how much you can put in it and so forth i mean a dump (laughs) this was a hole dug in a gravel pit (laughs) right and the truck drives out there and probably in the 1950s maybe 1960s and into the early 70s okay all right and we we actually have brochures from the city of Northfield inviting people to move to Northfield and one of the features was we have a we have a dump we have a place you can take your garbage <laughs> as opposed to just park it along oh. the river or in your backyard come, oh gosh.
0: <laughs> come to the sleepy town of northfield we have our own dump we yes. have a dump <laughs> yes
2: why isn't that on the signs
1: yeah. at the edge of the city <laughs> it's a little
0: a little trifold <laughs> bro- brochure very nice <laughs> that's great yeah well we're just about the end of the of, of the show today um glenn what else should people know about township governance or maybe more specifically uh, what should the people of rice county know about townships that we haven't talked about today
2: well, I, th- I think it is that town townships, in terms of governance, uh, our focus is largely on agriculture. Mm-hmm. So this is where your farms are located. Mm-hmm. This is where your food is grown.
1: That's
2: right. Uh, and I-, I think as we see climate change progress, uh, agricultural business is going to be under more pressure and become more and more important. Uh, it's it's worth paying attention to whether uh, this is being handled properly and appropriately right. by your right. township officials. Sure. All right.
1: All right. Well, that's really interesting. I, I, I wish we could talk a little bit more about that particular aspect and we'll have to think of a time to do that because, I, you know, I used to do the climate show program, yeah. so yeah. I'm all over mm-hmm. the fact that we're going to need that farmland, and we're going to need it farmable. Well, so
0: two things that this, this show has identified that we need to talk about uh, in future shows is um, climate and agriculture, and especially for this area, the intersection of those two mm-hmm. things.
1: So, yeah. Well, that's more than the time we had available for this edition of <laughs> Public Policy this week. I want to thank Glenn for being here today and for giving us his insights. I think it was really interesting and really fun.
0: And yeah, you know, I I, I want to thank Glenn, too. I, uh, I, I came into the show knowing very, very little about township governance, and, and you have given me an education, sir, and I, I really do appreciate that. Thank you for being here, Glenn. I want to thank all of you for listening to this week's show, uh, Public Policy This Week, and some high-minded goals to be a weekly discussion of public policy. Uh, public policy issues without getting into the rhetoric uh, that has defined most of today's conversations about government and society. If you like what what we're doing here, please tell your friends about us. And remember, you can stream our show from the KYMN website at kymnradio.net, or you can podcast the show from your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for folks. Thanks, uh, folks, for listening. This, And we'll uh, talk to you again next week at 10 a.m. And uh, until then, we hope you enjoy the rest of your day and have a superb weekend. You've been listening to Public Policy This Week. Tune in every Friday morning at 10 a.m. for more conversation with policy experts.
1: Remember, this show can be found on your favorite podcast platform or stream it from KYMNradio.net.